episode six. This week on the Paul George Show, we welcome Kelly Pease Lombardi. To just look at it right here and right now and say, this is my life right now. It's just crazy. It's just loud. It's just noisy. Welcome to the Paul George Show, talking authenticity, a joyful marriage, and Paul's acting career. A co-production of Christ Our King Radio and Breadbox Media, here's your host, Paul George. Welcome to the show. It's Paul George in studio. Great to be with you today here on the Paul George Show. Got Casey Trahan sitting right next to me. Casey, how you doing? Good, good. Just trying to get the, the levels right here. We were talking before the show. People were asking you why why you don't have a name for the show yet. Yeah, they were. They were asking me, you know, what's going to be the name of your show? <laughs> you think that's really funny. I do. Actually. I do. Because, hey, if you're big enough, you don't need a name. Well, I am big. I don't know if my name's big, but I'm a big guy, <laughs> so I don't know. I guess people are just assuming, right? So if you're going to do a show, uh, it's got to have a name to it, and yeah. I, I guess I'm so not creative about that 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 we were just like, why not just the Paul George Show? Exactly. And, now, and- my, my name, although it's not big, it has a ring. So my whole life, honestly, people have always, since I was a kid, called me Paul George. Instead of Paul. Instead of Paul. It's always had a ring where it's just like, hey, Paul George, I'm like, I, my name's Paul, but if you want to put the two together, it's fine. I don't have a problem with it. it. It's the whole two first name thing, like Ricky Bobby. Yeah, it is two first names. So there you go. So anyway, it's the Paul George Show. Welcome. Glad you're here. Thanks for listening in. I uh, got a lot to talk about today. Got a wonderful guest coming on the show later. So super excited about that. But anyway, Casey, have you ever played the game Two Truths and a Lie? Yeah. Yes, I have. Okay. So the name of the game is... I tell you two truths and a lie about myself and you have to guess which one is the lie yeah this is going to be difficult because i feel like everything about you is absurd (laughs) well there's some there's some i was writing some things down that i thought okay i can't actually say that on the radio (laughs) right okay so this one's probably gonna be some things that are easy okay all right so two truths and a lie i'll give you three and then you have to guess which one's the lie now we could probably play this every show because i do have a lot of things (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I'm assuming there's a point uh, in, in playing it this time. I think there's a point. I'm going to tie this all in, I swear. Okay. You're, okay. you're the master tire, right. Okay, so anyway, my dad once rodeoed for a living. I have three first names. I once shook the hand of a pope. Oh, wow. I have Okay, so <laughs> I, I, my first instinct is to say, that you you never shook hands with a pope, but wait. But wait. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with that one. I think I think your dad probably did rodeo, which is crazy, but I guess in lieu of things. Okay. And you, you do have three first names. I, I do have three first names. What's your middle name? Paul. Paul. Yeah, Paul. My middle name is Paul. I just can't tell you my first name. <laughs> <laughs> so if middle name's Paul, my last name's George, but I just can't tell you my first name. I can't. So the my goal for the rest of the time producing your show is going to be to find out your real first well, name. Yeah. Well, you know, you know my wife, so all you have to do is ask her because she will not lie about anything. <laughs> she will never lie. She can't even play this game without giggling. She seriously cannot <laughs> lie. Okay. So what did I did I get it right? Uh, yeah, you got it right. I never shook the hand of a pope. I touched the hand of a pope. What? Yes. Yes, but we didn't get the full shake. This was this was uh this was in 1993. Were you born? I was a year old. Yes. Okay, so anyway, I was at uh, a big event and he passed by and touched me. So you just reached out. I'm a third class relic. Nice. How about that? 
All right. So anyway, I, I was thinking about this story. I was writing a blog about it on my website, paulgeorge.la. And uh, as I was writing this blog, uh, this story came to mind, which was sort of the driving force around this this one blog that I was doing. And uh Many years ago, I went to speak at a conference, and it was a fairly large conference, I guess, maybe about three or 4,000 young people. So it was a youth conference, okay? And I was a little bit younger, and you know, the energy in the room, was arena, was loud, noxious, it was great, whatever. So I'm introduced, I go on stage to do my thing, my stick, and then kind of connect with the crowd, you know, do something fun, and then I was going to get into like my, my talk. So I, I'm introduced, I go on stage, as soon as I get on stage, like I go into, in the, into the thing and, and I look out in the crowd, a sea of people, and I see this kid in the middle of the crowd with a brown paper bag over his head <laughs> with eyes cut out, okay? He, he was watching a Saints football game. Apparently, he was a hoodat. If, if those of you guys who don't know what a hoodat is, you can look it up. Back in the <laughs> 80s, for us in the South as Saints fans, uh, many people had paper bags over their heads. Anyway, I was really distracted by it. And I thought, oh, this is just a joke. Like he came, he's, he's being silly with his friends. He's going to remove this thing. But literally for three hours for the whole evening session, talks, music, games, whatever, this kid kept a paper <laughs> bag over his head the whole time. And look, I was completely perturbed by it. It was bothering the heck out of me. And when you're speaking at an event, you never want to call out one person. Never from yeah. a stage. It's highly inappropriate. Well, so, the kid with the bag, please stand up. Yeah, exactly. Like, you never want to do that. But inside of me, I was really bothered. I want to go out. I wanted to kind of pull him aside and... and, and and talk to him. And so I talked to the staff backstage and said, hey, if you can find this kid with a brown paper bag over your head, I know it's a lot of people. Everybody left into the evening, see if kids walking out of the arena, and they couldn't find him. Well, the next day I get on stage again, and lo and behold, he's out there in the crowd again, paper bag over his head. And I'm done. Like, I'm coming unglued at this point, right? And so uh, couldn't find him, but that evening... Uh, this adult chaperone came up to me and said, uh, hey, I got someone who needs to talk to you. I was like, okay. So I walk with her backstage. And sure enough, right there is the kid with the paper bag over his head. There he is standing there. So I'm like looking at him face to face. She leaves so that we can talk. And I'm, I'm looking at, you know, in the eyes through the, the paper bag, trying to get a sense of like, who is this guy? What's he doing? What's he thinking? And uh, before, I, before I knew it, all of a sudden, about a minute later, I was just like, dude, what's going on? It was just silent. It was like a really awkward moment. Have you ever had an awkward moment? And you're With like, somebody not wearing a bag over their head. Yeah, just any yeah. awkward moment. But you're like, I don't know what to do in this moment. And so I just stood there, kind of waited. And uh, about a minute later, I see tears coming out the bottom of the bag. And apparently, obviously, this kid was crying mm -hmm. underneath the bag. And so we sat down. And I asked him, I said, hey, uh, would you mind rem removing the bag so that we can talk face to face? And reluctantly, he did. Like, he was really afraid to remove this bag over his head. It was a really weird moment. Uh, but it was it was a big moment, not only for him, but honestly, like, for me. It was one of those moments where I was like, this kid has a bag over his head, but there's a sea of people out there that are just the same. And there's, a sea, and there's me sitting there with him thinking, there's been times where I've, quote, unquote, for analogy's sake, had a bag over my head, hidden, hiding, right? And so he removes the bag. We begin to talk. We had this great conversation for like an hour just about his life and what was going on. And it really reminded me of 
this word that I think is really important. It's called authenticity. The reason I wanted to play that game, Two Truths and a Lie, was to bring up this whole idea of authenticity. Authenticity is this ability to be your true self, who God made you to be. No one else, not trying to be someone else, not a false self. Now, I know when you were younger, we look at people and we try to model people. Uh, you played basketball as a kid, right? I did. Okay, so who was your idol growing up? Did you have one? Did I, you have TV where you lived? Yes, Paul, I had a TV. So I always liked LeBron um, and also Tyler Hansborough, uh, UNC. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. University of North Carolina player, right? Yeah. So that was your idol. So anyway, you go out into uh, on the basketball court in your driveway, you imitate someone else. Mm -hmm. That's sort of how you learn how to how to do things, how to have a hobby or live life or talk or whatever. Uh, and But as you grow up, uh, what you find is that eventually you find out who you are, what your gifts and talents, who God made you to be. But a lot of people never make that transition. So there I was sitting with this kid and I had this eye-opening moment. So if you just turned in, this is Paul George with the Paul George Show. Got Casey Trohan in studio with me. And we're talking about authenticity. And so I was there, and it was the first time I think consciously in my mind, I asked this question inside of me, am I an authentic person? And am I living authentically who God made me to be? Meaning, do I define myself by my successes and the things that I can do and accomplish? Do people look at me and say, oh, that's Paul the this? Or am I defined by that? Or am I simply okay with being defined by who I am in God's eyes as a son of God. And I begin to wrestle with this. So I'm writing this blog about this, remembering this story of this kid with the brown paper bag over his head and remembering just this transition I've been trying to make throughout my life because people ask, how do you, why is authenticity so important? And the reason that it's so important is because when we live an authentic life, we're living and operating in the person that God created us to be no one else. And many people in many conversations I have with people, they're honestly trying to be someone else and they're trying to act like someone else. They're trying to model someone else. They're trying to, um, you know, incorporate things in their lives that, that that's not fully who they are. And when we don't live an authentic life, we really have bondage in our life. And, and ultimately I get to this in the ball in the blog is that uh, our brokenness, our sinfulness disconnects us from authenticity. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So we begin to sort of, you know, go through life feeling distant from God, feeling distant from who God really and truly created us to be. And we no longer really know and understand what authenticity really looks like. What does it mean to be fully who I am? And so then I get the question, so I understand why authenticity is important, uh, but how do I do that? authenticity starts with me and it starts with you. It, it's the ability to look at your life, assess your mind, your heart and your soul and begin to ask God, how can I begin to live authentically who you created me to be? Not who other people think I am, not who I think I should be. We got to weed out these old patterns of behavior, old thoughts about ourselves, the, the old sins and begin, begin to live fully and completely who God created us to be. So authenticity starts with me. When we come back, we'll have Kelly Pease in our next segment. 
Paternoster, quies in celis, sanctificetur nomen tuum. Adveniat renium tuum, fiat voluntas tua, sicut in celo et in terra. Panem nostrum quotidianum da nobis odie, et dimite nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos dimitimus debitoribus nostris. Et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amalo. Amen. You're listening to The Paul George Show, a co-production of Christ Our King Radio and Breadbox Media. This week we welcome Kelly Pease Lombardi. Here's your host, Paul George. Welcome back to the show. This is Paul George. Great to be with you today. You're listening to The Paul George Show. I got Casey Trahan in the studio with me and super excited uh, to have our guest on the show today, Kelly Pease Lombardi. Kelly, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. So is it Kelly Pease or Kelly Pease Lombardi, or is it both? Well, it's got to be both. Kelly Pease, I like to stick to my roots, but I'm a married lady now. I'm married that <laughs> New York Italian, so Kelly Pease Lombardi it is. <laughs> Seriously, you were you were famous Kelly Pease, and then now you had to put the Lombardi. <laughs> I'm kind of a big deal. Joey married, he married up for sure. I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of a big deal, and now people are like, where did she go? Who is she? That's hysterical. So. Well, great to have you on the show. I'm talking to Kelly Pease. It's kellypeasemusic.com if you want to find her, or she's on Twitter at Kelly Pease, which I know you're all over the Twitterverse. I was, <laughs> I was looking at your Twitter, and I don't even know the last time that you said something out. So please hit, well, hit Kelly I'm up. Kind of like, I don't know why, but I'm like a 90-year-old like trapped in the body of a 32-year-old mom, and the internet has just never fully, like, dawned on me. I just, I can't accept it. I don't understand it. Right. I would have put more stuff on Twitter, but I can't remember my password. So and I you literally like, cannot, like, go through the hell of finding my password again. So do you so like, that's where we are with that. Yeah, so you go to the library, and, and you look for <laughs> index cards, the index catalog. <laughs> I love the library. I love to knit, you know, those kind of things. Yeah. So anyway, okay, we're going to play a little game. It's called uh, True or False or Fill in the Blank. So easy enough, you answer the question, and you can feel free to ask me a question back if you want. Okay. All right, first question. Here it goes. Your favorite food when you want to spoil yourself is? Oh, my gosh. That's too hard. I love food. There's so many options. Um. Let's think. What do I love to eat when I want to spoil myself? When you're feeling sorry for yourself and you're like, you know what? I deserve this. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So every day at about noon, (laughs) what I like (laughs) to spoil myself with. Um, I could go for a roast beef po' boy. Roast beef po' boy. (laughs) (laughs) What's so funny about that? I don't know. Those are like the messiest sandwiches on the planet. I love it. Hair into it, like you know, when you hit that point with your spouse where it just doesn't matter anymore, and you've got barbecue sauce all over your face, <laughs> gravy coming <laughs> you down your. Like you're in the wild, <laughs> and you just don't care. That's where I am with that. I love it. Well, so um, you teach school, so uh, you uh, you come out at noon for a break, and you're just you're ready to to eat. Oh my gosh, I'm so ready to eat. Well, I'm nursing a baby, and you know, I've been pregnant for like six years, so there's always been a reason to eat. <laughs> so, what about you? What's your favorite food? My favorite go to food, like when I'm feeling sorry for myself and I deserve yeah. something. Um, yeah. <laughs> I would say, uh, 
mm, fajitas all day long. Oh, okay. Good to know. Fajitas. Do you ever make them at home? No, I like I like for someone to serve me the fajitas when I'm feeling sorry for <laughs> myself. Because you deserve it. Because <laughs> I deserve it. All right, next That's question. Right. You True, false. You once fell asleep in a youth group prop box. <laughs> I'm going to have to go with true. The answer to that is 100%. Well, it's really false because I wouldn't say that I did that only once. Um, maybe once a week for about six years of my childhood, I fell asleep in a youth group prop box. <laughs> so you grew up, so, your parents yeah. were uh, youth ministers, so you as a kid fell asleep multiple times in a youth group prop box. Yes, uh, and these were some heavy-duty prop boxes filled with some pretty cozy props. Yeah, so people know, who some... don't know what a prop box is, it's it's a box full of like costumes and stuff that back in the day youth groups would do skits with because that was, this was before videos and internet and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. We were all about a skit. And, you know, sometimes I still really just crave a good old-fashioned skit. Like when I'm in a ministry setting, I think, you know what would make this better? Just a good, true, blue, old-fashioned skit. So yeah. I'm a proponent of bringing that back, if you don't mind. I think you should. Let's get rid of, like, PowerPoint and videos and memes. <laughs> <clears throat> And let's just dress some kid up in a gown and make him Jesus. That'd be awesome. <laughs> That's right. All right. So uh, right. next question. Uh, your biggest pet peeve is blank. Oh, man. My biggest pet peeve. Um, I don't know. I think I've moved way past pet peeves in my life, probably because I've just been getting so holy over the years. But, or you've um, given the little up. Things that, <laughs> the little things that used to drive me crazy. Um I don't know. I've kind of subsided. Like, I used to hate mouth sounds, like chewing and, you know, just mouth sounds in general. Right. Well, and that doesn't bother me as much anymore, but all of a sudden I feel it coming back on because my six-year-old is like, he's like I don't the know, cookie he's, monster. Turning, he's turning into like a noisy eater and a chewer and like constantly trying to just, I don't know, experiment with like, well, really what it is is he wants to be a rapper, so he tries to like beatbox. You know, so there's a lot of spitting and clicking and, you know, tongue action and just a lot of constant noise. So I guess that would be my pet peeve right now. Do you ever just walk out the room? Just leave him there? Like, I can't listen to oh this anymore. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, or I just say, you're not allowed to talk anymore. Like, for at least 10 minutes, don't make a sound, don't make a noise, and don't ask me anything. I mean, I guess more than the mouth sounds, even. I'm trying to think, why have my pet peeves kind of subsided? I think they've just changed. It's the mouth sounds of my six-year-old, but also it's the questions, the constant questions of my kids. Now that my mind is flowing on the pet peeves, I could probably list way too many than you have time for. But, yeah, that's what else I say sometimes, too. No more questions. Don't ask me even one more question. Not even. And we'll be like, Mommy, <laughs> you know, like, can I eat? And I'm like, no. no. Don't ask me a question. <laughs> All right, so you have four kids, right? Yep, four All right. kiddos. All right, so if you don't have mommy brain right now, can you name them? Uh, yeah, I think I can handle that. I've got Joey Jr., little Joey. He's six. I've got Madeline, who is four. I've got Thomas, who is two. And I have Lily, Kate, who is seven months old. Wow. That's awesome. So you got four and your oldest is six. So you guys have your hands full, right? Yes, that is my crew. And we have our hands full for sure. All right. I got a couple more questions for finish this game. All right. Okay. Like, where are you finding all these facts about me? You have really done your research. <laughs> have you hired a private investigator or what? I Googled you. Because 
true. I was once Annie in a community theater production of the musical Annie. And I like to remind my husband of that multiple times a day, just would, in case he forgets. Would you say that was a career with. career highlight for you? <laughs> it was like, really, it's all been downhill from there. I was 12 years old. So that was for sure a career highlight. I, I had the wig. I had the dress. Um, man, I would I would get back into that outfit right now if I could find it and just see where where I stand with that. But for sure, that was a career highlight. That's awesome. So if you listen to the show, I'm talking to Kelly Pease. Uh, guest today, she is a, a writer, a blogger, a full-time musician. Uh, you teach. And of course, most importantly, you are a wife and mother. So with all these things going on, Kelly, in your life, What's it like trying to balance young kids and, and being a wife and a mom? I mean, what, what would you say is maybe uh, the thing that, that, um, that you would want to tell people uh, they, should, they should always try to do to have balance? Oh, my Lanta. That's a tough one coming out of the gate. What's one thing to do to have balance? I mean, I think that to sum it up in a word, what it's like, it's just crazy. There's no other way to to describe what it's like to try to, especially to try to enter into um, the vocation to motherhood, you know, right off the bat, I would say like the beginning for me has been really bumpy to try to figure out how to have balance. So would you um, say like the first thing would be just to embrace the fact that your life is chaotic? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like so much of it is acceptance, you know, and just on a daily basis. I feel like my husband and I are coming to find this more and more. Like, we just have to accept the fact that we can't have a conversation with each other until the kids are in bed. So, you know, that can be hard and tricky, but he comes in the door and we want to sit down and say all these things. But we've got to, like he said, accept the chaos. It's going to be just a little bit chaotic until everybody's asleep. And even then, it's like, we just want to give our brains a break. So sometimes we just don't even talk. Like, we'll both sit there and just totally space out, you know. Um, just trying to catch a breather. But I think to kind of keep it in your mind as, you know, this isolated time, I've got to constantly remind myself that it's not always going to be this noisy and this chaotic and, you know, this insane. Um, I know probably different, different challenges will arise, but to just look at it right here and right now and say, this is my life right now. It's just crazy. It's just loud. It's just noisy. Um, but like you said, to accept that. And then just to kind of slowly ask God, like, how can I begin to find some order hmm. inside of this chaos? Right. So like when it first, when I first became a mom, I would say like for the first two years, everything just kind of like fell apart for, for me. Like personally, it was like, what is this? I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to pray in the midst of this. I don't know how to keep a schedule. I don't know how to have a routine. I'm just, it was sheer survival, like right. probably any parent will tell you. Yep. Um, but, you know, as I kind of have gotten through that, I'll tell you, I had one confession that kind of changed everything because I brought all of this stuff to that confession, and it was like, I don't know how to handle this. I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so, I have no patience. I'm so, you know, exhausted, all these things. And, and the priest said, you have to remember in your motherhood that, you are being mothered too, and you are being fathered too. You know, you can't lose perspective of yourself as a child too. You know, because you take on this whole new role as a parent, and you're trying to figure out how to do that. You know, but you lose sight of the fact that you have a mother in Mary, you have a father in God, 
you know, where are they moving in the chaos that you find yourself in? That's awesome. All right, so when we come back, I want to finish that story. And with Kelly Pease, this is Paul George Show. We'll be right back. Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Angel of God, my guardian dear, to whom God's love commits me here, ever this day be at my side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. You're listening to The Paul George Show, a co-production of Christ Our King Radio and Breadbox Media. More on our conversation with Kelly Pease Lombardi. Here's Paul. Welcome back to the show. It's Paul George. Great to be with you today. Thanks for listening in. I am here with Casey Trahan right next to me and our guest on the show, Kelly Pease. Hey, hey. How's it going? KellyPeaseMusic.com <laughs> if uh, you want to find out more about her music, her blogging, and all the things that you're doing. Kelly, you start off as a young woman with this amazing music career. And of course, you're a very talented musician and songwriter. Um, but life's taken some turns for you. You're married now with four kids and it's not like you don't do music you don't speak and and blog and and work as a, as a teacher school uh it's just that uh certain things have taken priority for the most part wouldn't you say yeah for sure absolutely i mean i guess life just changes course and you know it's hard to kind of make sense of it at first but i would say that for me discovering my vocation to motherhood and and kind of settling into it, which has definitely taken some time, has just been God's way of, of revealing to me that, you know, this is where real life is, is when you just kind of commit to the life that he's led you to, you know? So yeah. um, being a, a mom and a wife, it's crazy times, but I just have found so much joy in the midst of it, just kind of accepting uh, the chaos of it all, like we were saying earlier. Yeah, and you're you're in the apex of like what I would say is like one of the busiest seasons of a parent uh you and joey and of course i've been there and you know we're we're in this this whole another season with teenage kids and older kids and uh but you're at sort of this apex of busyness and I, I think a lot of times when when i talk to people and have conversations with people they're trying to get balance with their kids and and this this whole life and oftentimes they forget about themselves and unless mm-hmm. you're balanced and you're taking care of yourself then you can't balance and take care of everyone else that that god has has put under you, right? So how have you, because you were talking about that confessional and going to confession and sort of that first plunge into into motherhood, how difficult it was. How did you come out of that and just begin to take care of yourself first? Well, yeah, I think like I was saying in that confession, when I just brought all of that, you know, I I read it somewhere that, that put it perfectly. It said, becoming a mom is like having your life thrown into a blender and it really is it's like everything is just mixed up in there everything you know all of your task work all of the new things you're trying to figure out how to do all of yourself all of these deep hurts and wounds and and things that you're facing for the first time you know as you look at your own kids that you're supposed to be a mother to you know and so I brought all of that to the confessional and the priest said to me not to forget that I too have a mother in Mary that I have a father in God you know that I am being parented you know, so to kind of regain that perspective in my life, it was like, okay, so my life has been in the blender that's been splattered everywhere. How can we start to piece it back together hmm. the way that God is asking me to? So, 
it's trying to take on what you can at that time. Some of those things are really like logistical, um, just basics of life. Okay, right. Lord, you got to help me figure out how to keep a daily schedule that my kids can, you know, thrive in. You've got to show me how to, you know, get a hold of this whole meal thing. Like there's a little logistics right. of my life that really <laughs> didn't have a place in my life when I first became a mom. But I think in deeper ways than that, like as I've started to get a handle on this and that and the other, okay, Lord, what can, what else can we do? Like what can we do, um, where are you leading me? Like, what's going to be good for my heart? And this is kind of kind of crazy, but in spiritual direction, I just had, you know, entered into this conversation with my spiritual director about my music. You know, that had been a part of my life that always brought me joy, has always been something that I've loved, has always been a great outlet for me. And as you said, life changes course. When I started to have kids, it just became not really a big part of my desires even to travel a lot, to, you know, get up on stage a lot. I just kind of wasn't... Um, compelled to follow that route anymore you know and but at the same time it's like but I love to sing I love to sing you know that's just something that God reminded me it just makes me happy you know so just in the last year I got together with a friend and I was like you know what this is going to be my sanity in the midst of all this chaos let's start a band and we just got together we actually we were just like messaging each other for like a couple months of of our dream set list like if you could just play all the songs that you have always wanted to play and sing and just spell out what would it be and we came up with a set list we contacted some people locally we got a a, um, local restaurant to, to give us a gig and I'm telling you, it has brought so much balance and sanity to my life. And this is something that God led me to. It's right. not, yeah. I, I think that, you know, God helps you to find balance and it's not always the way that you think it will be. I mean, of course, you have to have your prayer time regularly. You have to have, you know, you have to be in the sacraments, all those things. But this is something that the Lord really led me to. And it's literally standing up on a tiny little stage in the corner of a restaurant and singing all these songs that I love while people are eating and drinking and talking and, you know, they're not even really listening, but I'm having so much fun and I'm not stressed out about anything and I'm not answering any questions and I, I don't have fit up on me. And, you know, it's, it's like these three hours once a month that I know are coming that it just gives me peace and joy knowing that it's there. Right. You know? So that's been a major game changer for me in finding balance. It's yeah, just finding something that I love. Yeah. It, music is something that you're really good at, but it's your passion, your love, your talent. And you got away from it because you're just busyness of life, being wife and mom. And now you're carving time for yourself and it's bringing life mm. back to you. Right. And Absolutely. and really making you a better person, which I think is cool. You know, and a lot of times when I'm talking to people, I'm talking to Kelly Pease, uh, our guest today on the Paul George show, KellyPeasMusic.com. Uh, and we're talking about balance of family. And, you know, a lot of times when I talk to people, they get this this joy back in their life for themselves and, and balance for themselves. But then their spouse becomes sort of, you know, a distant third. Kids become next. And ha- how mm-hmm. did you begin to sort of order things right? You know, taking care of yourself and then letting your spouse know that they're, you know, number one, even before the kids, because the kids are so needy. They always want you, need you. And as a mom, you're you're their main caretaker for the most part in a lot of ways, you know? How right. do you guys, you know, do that? Because I know at the beginning, that could be really difficult. Yeah, absolutely. How to, um, yeah, like you said, maintain that order of things and 
and really nurture that relationship with your spouse. And I just, I feel so blessed because something that Joey and I have always had just really naturally is just the gift of laughter and joy. And it's just something that we, I mean, it's just something that brought us together and it's something that we'll always do. Like, you know that we're going through a bad time. We went through a bad time probably uh, a year and a half ago, just like a very dry um, time of lots of issues coming up, you know, really button heads with lots of things. And, and this was like the, we were in this, all out knockdown drag out fight and the the most terrible insult that I've ever said to him in the midst of the fight I said and you know what you're not even funny <laughs> 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 oh like was crushed that was like, the deal breaker was, man it was the worst thing that I could have ever said but it was a real sign to me of of the struggle that we were in at that time because we weren't laughing and right. that's such a normal part of our lives is just to be together and laugh you know we, we just had to find ways to laugh and we really do if you know Joey you know he is a funny guy he is and his hobby is judo isn't he doesn't he like you know like do karate stuff uh, jujitsu jujitsu sorry I got that wrong <laughs> that's like saying he is gonna get you now he's gonna get you in a chokehold next time you see me <laughs> <laughs> That's like saying, you know, I don't know, shrimp po' boy instead of roast beef po' boy. I got that completely wrong. Anyway, jujitsu. Uh, but anyway, you yeah. bring up a good point because life can be so serious, so hectic. You know, you have kids mm-hmm. and a job and mm-hmm. it's not always fun. You know, you're going through right. your day and you're trying to get everything done. It's, it's not always fun and it's not always going to be fun. But you bring up a really valid, good point. A lot of people have a hard time incorporating play and joy into their day and into their life. And what you were talking about with Joey is one of the things that kind of gets you through moments like that is y'all have learned to laugh and joke and have fun. Right. Yeah. So we'll do stuff like, um, you know, prank calls. I mean, sometimes you just have to like take some time out of your life to make some prank calls, you know? I love it. And you just have to... Like you you and Joey together will prank call people. Yes, we will prank call people. And you have to like find the right personality for the prank call. Like somebody who's believing enough, you know, to kind of go with it. If you can get somebody to go with it for just like 30 seconds, it's for some reason the most hilarious thing that's ever happened. So we'll prank call people. Um, We will just look up like stupid videos on YouTube, you know, and just watch those or laugh over those. Or sometimes we even went through a phase where we will go to like those websites where you can make your own memes, you know? Yeah. And so we'll do some of those sometimes. Uh, <laughs> really, just just any old thing to break away from like the normal and just make yourself laugh. And you one, know, make one of the laugh. things that uh, just from being around you guys, some is that you're not afraid to even laugh at yourself. And I think sometimes we take ourselves so seriously. We take our role as mom and dad and husband and wife so seriously, which it is. It's a great vocation. It is serious. But we take ourselves so serious that we don't laugh at ourselves and and kind of the silly, stupid things that we do. Yeah. And I'll tell you that, you know, when I first met Joey, well, when we first started to date, that was that, that whole thing that you're saying of being able to laugh at yourself, like that just broke something open inside of me. That was something that I, I didn't know how to do beforehand, you know. I think I was always caught up in, in just taking myself really seriously in my life and, um, you know, my career and all these things that I felt like I was supposed to be doing, you know. And Joey has just always had this gift of just not taking anything that seriously, which when you really think about it, it's really true. Like, what can be that serious besides your salvation, you right. know, besides the way that you love people? And so 
he really made me laugh at myself. Like he taught me early on that there was no way I was going to go into this life with him without being able to laugh at myself because it doesn't matter who we're around, who we're in front of, you know, I mean, I've had to get way past the point of being embarrassed or, you know, like I have a lazy eye. I've always had a lazy eye. It's been like a part of my life that I've been from childhood, like self-conscious of. Well, then I became an adult. And Joey's like, uh, hey, I'm over here. You're looking in the wrong direction. You know, don't be in front of people or anything. And, you know, but it's just some little stupid, goofy thing that is an example of how we just kind of, yeah, laugh at ourselves, laugh at each other, and realize that there's nothing to take that seriously, you know, to, to let it get you down. Amen. Well, Kelly, thanks so much for taking the time today. Uh, you're awesome. And I just want to encourage everyone to take your advice, have fun, play laugh and have some balance in your life so kelly thanks again and we'll have you on another time all right god bless au nom du père et du fils et du saint esprit ainsi soit-il je vous salue marie pleine de grâce le seigneur est avec vous Vous êtes bénie entre toutes les femmes, et Jésus, le fruit de vos entrailles, est béni. Sainte Marie, Mère de Dieu, priez pour nous, pauvres pécheurs, maintenant et à l'heure de notre mort. Amen. Nom du Père, et du Fils, et du Saint-Esprit. Welcome back to the Paul George Show, a co-production of Christ Our King Radio and Breadbox Media. Here's your host, Paul George. Welcome back to the show, Paul George. Good to be with you today. Great interview with Kelly Pease in the last segment. Uh, so I want to thank Kelly for coming on with us. Welcome to the show. Got Casey Traha. Casey, right here. How's right it going, man? To you. I'm good. Haven't heard from you in a while. Yeah, you know, I, I like to just take notes while you talk to the guests. You'll have interesting things to talk I thought talk you were about. doodling over there. No, never. Never while you're talking. Were you ever a doodler in school? Of course. Yeah, while the, while the teacher would give her spiel, I'd be um, drawing pictures of her, unfortunately. Of the teacher? Of the teacher. Now, yeah. I drew a lot of pictures, but never of the teacher. I know. It's it's, it's cruel and unusual, but... Now, I'm not a good uh, artist at drawing people. I can, I can doodle things, but I can never do people. So, anyway, that's horrible, Casey. So, anyway, six-pack of questions. You got some? I got some for you. All right, let's get into it. Six-pack of questions. Here we go. How old were you the first time you got on the Internet? Now, the reason I asked this question is because you were making fun of Kelly because she was a bit Internet ignorant and wanted to use the library and that whole thing. Right. So did you how? Did you get that joke, by the way? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was I was alive. Did when, you ever, yes. do you even know what an index card is? Yeah. The card yes. catalog in yes, the library? Yes, I do. Okay. So I, I can remember how old I was. I mean, I was around second grade. Okay. How old were you? Um, the first time I got on the internet? Yeah. I, I was um senior in college. Moving on. I went all through college with no internet. That is amazing. Yeah, like the first time was a senior. It wasn't even for a project. The internet wasn't like that good. But it was like, hey, look at this. It's this dial-up thing. It was like, boop, 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 and take five hours. And then it would take another five hours to download a website. Amazing. So the second question. You mentioned that she fell asleep in this prop box mm-hmm. um, as well as her just love for, for skits. So I wanted to know, what was the highlight of your acting career? 
the highlight of my acting career. Well, I was in a lot of skits well, in my in my youth group back in the, the day because that was that, that yeah. was the deal. So the pinnacle was that was I was Jesus in a skit, which I don't look anything like Jesus. I'm tall. I, and I don't think Jesus was six four, is what I'm saying. Okay, so and I'm I don't know. I just have very short hair, super white um, complexion, and I just don't look like Jesus. So I was Jesus in the skit. I had the robe and the the thing and the whole deal. And yeah. there was a skit, the that, dramatic uh, music playing, the dramatic music playing, and we got asked to do this skit. Our youth group got asked to do the skit at this really big conference, and this was the highlight for us and anyway the apex of that was i was jesus and i came out and rescued this girl from her sin in the skit <laughs> and everyone cheered there wasn't a dry eye in the room and from that point on as i walked around the conference they were like hey that's jesus from the skit so you got to be jesus for a weekend i got to be jesus for the weekend that was the highlight i think question number three yeah so we talk about you know uh having kids and life being crazy can you remember at what ages specifically, now you have four, but necessarily not all of them have been born. What ages specifically were your kids during the craziest time in your life? Okay, so our first three were three and under, three and a half and under. And I mean, I can remember walking in and, you know, my son on the floor and my wife's taking care of the other two and he's got like a roach in his mouth. <laughs> you know, he was just reaching on the floor and... You know, I, I just remember, like, jugs of milk being poured out of the refrigerator. Because you go from, okay, you have one kid, so it's two-on-one. Mm -hmm. And then you have two kids, then it's it's one-on-one. So it's a man, man-on-man -man defense. So I think of things in sports <laughs> analogy here. And then when you get three, you go into a zone. So it's two-on-three. So you have to zone up, which means there's always one missing. This can slip through on a nice little post route and get through. That always happened to us. <laughs> There was always one loose. Always. All right. Got to move on to the next question. So her, you know, her dream set list, she, she got to play this in a restaurant now. So I want to ask you what would be your dream set list? Which, it, which was my biggest regret from the interview, that I did not ask her what songs were on yeah. that set list. Yeah. Next time. Okay. So we're going to have her back on to get that. So I want to know. I want to know what, what's on that set and, list. And I want to know what's on yours. Okay, so I'm horrible at picking songs. I really am. I'm better at picking genres, times, decades, years. It's your show, Paul. Do whatever you want. Okay, but you're a musician, so you're a snob about it. So <laughs> this is where you're going to get me. I, I would go, my first two songs or three songs would be 80s. I'd go like Huey Lewis and the News. I would go, do you even know who that is? Not a clue. Oh, my gosh. I would go... Um, I would go uh, some Stevie Wonder. You know Stevie? I, I know some Stevie. I've, I've sang some Stevie, actually. Okay, great. So, All right, so question number five. You know, we're talking about joy, being in relationships, about the joy of life, joie right. de vivre, if you will. Who is the funniest person alive? Alive? Who is the funniest person alive right now? Gosh, I, I love comedy. It's one of those things, honestly, like a hidden secret of mine, that if, if I could do something... It would be comedy, like on stage. Mm -hmm. That would be really fun to me because I just think comedians are, are uh, have a unique skill set and good storytellers. Anyway, uh, there's a comedian named Brian Regan uh, who I enjoy listening to. Super funny. 
And then I, I enjoy Jim Gaffigan. Jim Gaffigan's funny. Brian Regan, I don't know who you are, but you just got the Paul George bump. Congratulations. Yeah. So the last question. Now, I don't know if they're the funniest people in the world. I'm trying to think who just makes me belly laugh to where I can't stop. I, I don't know. Probably myself. Yeah, I was about to say, you're the funniest person alive, Paul. Well, actually, we're going to put that to the test, and I'm going to get you with this last question. Okay. So who is funnier, you or Gretchen? Oh, okay. So I'll say it this way. She's more fun. I'm funnier. Does that make sense? So she's more fun. She can have fun. She's more spontaneous, and that's what I love about her. So she's more fun. But I am more strategic. I'm more funny in sort of how I say things and put things together. So people generally laugh at you more, you think? People have more fun with her, and I <laughs> make I'm, people laugh more. I'm making your life so difficult. But I, I think I answered that question great, actually. So anyway, uh, you're listening to The Paul George Show. I've got Casey Trohan asking me the six-pack of questions. Great to be with you today. Anyway, Casey, I want to revisit the interview with, Ke- uh, with Kelly one of my regrets is not asking her what was on her set list, but she said some really good things. And one, we were talking about balance. And you're a dad uh, with with small kids, married. Three under three. And uh, you have your hands full. And I think balance is a huge word, especially for us uh, with families at work, uh, moms and dads. Uh, it, it's a difficult task to sort of you know come around. And you go from all of a sudden being a single young adult with all the time on your hand. Of course, you don't think so, right? Mm-hmm. And you get married and you have no kids and you have all this time and, and fun with your spouse. But you know, as soon as you begin a family, uh, sort of this idea of balance gets thrown out the window. And Kelly mentioned a couple of, couple of things that, that really challenged me and I thought were really great. First is, is you have to take care of yourself. Now, now granted, like you're a single guy or single lady and you play golf 50 hours a week, you probably need to, you know, tone that down. Once you get married and you have kids, like you could be out of balance and taking care of yourself, but you have to find moments in your day in your life where you can take care of yourself. And Kelly was talking about how she just got back to music, playing simple music, writing songs and having some fun. And it's been good for her and it makes her better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think it's important one that, that before you can take care of your kids and even your spouse, you got to make sure that you take care of yourself. And here are a couple of things that I think you can do to do that. First of all, you have to have some quiet prayer time in your day. Uh, you've got to carve that out. And I know people are thinking, my kids get up at 5.30 in the morning. There's no way I can do it. Um, w- what I say to that is you have to find then a time, a nap time, uh, an early bedtime that they take, whatever the case may be, you have to find time in your day uh, to spend it in quiet reflection and prayer and connect in your relationship with God. Because one of the things that Kelly talked about was that time of confession that she had where the priest reminded her that she, too, was being parented by God. So take some time to pray. Um, Take some time for yourself to refresh yourself. And then you can begin to have balance in your life, and you can bring that. I think the next point was you got to put your spouse before your kids. And I think this is the thing that a lot of times people— uh, get wrong, and I would say that um, in the most pastoral way is that they put their kids first because their kids are so needy and ha- and need so much time and attention that a lot of times spouses end up kind of growing apart because they don't take that time together. And so I want to encourage spouses uh, to carve out time each day to connect, to laugh, to have fun, uh, to talk, to communicate, uh, 
and to try to carve out at least one evening a week to go on a date or a lunch date and really have that time together. And then once you find that your marriage is strong and that each other's first, what you bring to the kids by taking care of yourself and by loving your spouse, you come into um, the act of parenthood refreshed and renewed. Wouldn't you say? Do you feel like there's times in your marriages where you've done that better as yes. opposed to other times? Yeah, and I would say you never get it perfect. We're, we're sort of growing in this in this ability to do that, but uh, I think it's something that we always have to be aware of that we're trying to do. So some weeks are just going to be crazy, and you're not going to get it right. Uh, but if you're on the same page and you're trying, eventually you're going to get into more and more of a rhythm. So yeah, do we miss our date night every now and then? And miss it two weeks in a row, and by the third week, we're really feeling it, certainly. But it doesn't mean that you can't start over. So don't give mm-hmm. up just because you failed this week. You can always start over tomorrow or the next day and get back in rhythm and in balance. So I want to encourage you today to be authentic, to have balance, and have fun. You can check out my blog at pauljorge.la and also the podcast on there if you ever miss uh, the show. And it's great to be with you today. This is the Paul George Show. Talk to you later. God bless.